evening, everyone. Welcome to the Legion Myth live stream, episode 135, 20th October 2017, brought to you live, direct from the United States of America, the most united stated country on this entire planet. Says so in the name. I would say, in fact, in the solar system. Ooh. I am Alex Garthon Marsh. With me, as always, is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. And let's Hello, see everyone. that beautiful Grissomer face. Oh, look oh at that. yeah. Because it's, it's sexy today. Ooh. It is. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Makes me think in pure things. Oh. All right, everyone. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, today, we're going to go over uh, Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma, where he's doing anime on the stream. Uh, he's right. doing Buddy Complex and Berserk the Golden Age Arc 1. Yes, there are three arcs. This one is the first. Thus named Arc 1. Correct. Which isn't always the case in anime. It could be named no, like Arc no, the 7th. Yeah, know. Arc 7th actually it's first yeah. you know, or third or something. And, you know, yeah. the, the second arc actually chronologically isn't, you know. Yeah, that, that's that's where Lucas got it. Yeah, stupid Lucas. <laughs> well, in the original theatrical release, this is a dumb statement, but in the original theatrical release of Episode 4, New Hope, it did not say Episode 4, New Hope. Just said a new hope. Yeah. 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 It was until later episode four was added. Right. Right. But it did say a new hope. Anyway, uh, Garthon's comic poll, where Garthon pulls the comics and tells you what you should think about them. Uh, we're doing U.S. Avengers number 11, Justice League of America number 17, and The Amazing Spider-Man number 790. Wow. They went really back to the old uh, number system on that yes, one, didn't they? Legacy numbering systems. Mar yep. We'll talk about Marvel's current obsession with legacy when we okay. get there. And in the RNG segment, Heathen Dog will regale us all with tales of Stranger Things 2. Some light spoilers. Some some not so light. One heavy spoiler. So if you don't want to watch it, then mute it. Nope, nope, I got pictures too. Oh, you're boned. Sorry. You know what? I don't think anything too spoilery, really, because... You already know that, like, Eleven's coming back. You know that's happening. You know she's not dead or anything. You know there's, like, slugs and stuff. So, yeah. You know they wear Ghostbusters outfits. Yes, you all, we all know that. All right. You, you doing okay, Heathen Dog? Uh, I feel a little under the weather, but I'll be all right. All right. Just make sure the meds keep you up until the end of the live stream. That's all I'm asking. Methamphetamines are a winner. <laughs> I thought lewds. No, you want to be up. Gotta be oh, up. I thought you wanted to yeah. even out. No, no, they haven't kicked in yet, so oh. I'm still a little low. All right. Die. Well, we'll all wait for that then. And while we wait for that, let's talk about the disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not like, representative of the entire Legion Myth organization. Like the drug use? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> like the mystical drug use. <laughs> <laughs> while you make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there is the occasional use of foul or offensive language... Or concepts. Or innuendo. Mm. Or just outright lies. Ah, thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Or listenership, if you're doing the audio version of this. The audio version, of course, is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and fine podcast aggregators everywhere. Uh, you can see, check us live every day on Twitch. You can check YouTubes for our recordings. You can check Reddit where you can talk about things with us on Facebook. Go to the Facebook group. We've got a lot of stuff there. Uh, check us on Twitter, at Legion Myth, through our Discord service, and also through our Steam group. Judge not, lest ye be judged. I gotta say that. 
Okay. Because you could join the Steam group and look at what games everyone has. And then judge them. Oh, yes. you suck. You have stupid games. Throw yeah, you. you start going through someone's game list. It's like, wow, you got you got a lot of games with Neko in the title. It's, yeah, it's a little creepy, you know. Or you says like, oh. they look at yours and they say, oh, you got a lot of games that are rated mature and have underage-looking girls in them. Hey, that's, that's not my list. Not <laughs> all. Of, that's not that's all Max of my list. list. That's Max the Oz list right there. That's <laughs> because <laughs> he was trying to find games for uh, After Dark, you know. Yeah, there, there's lots of reasons for stuff, but the fact but is, you it's there. if you don't know the reason, just look like, what is with these freak shows? <laughs> How many different versions of Tropico do you need? All of them. All the of answer them. is all of them. All of them. Well, 100%. All the even numbered. You can kind of skip the uh, odd number Tropicos usually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like it's like the opposite of Star Trek films. Oh, okay. Yeah, carry on there. Actually, no, it's the same thing as Star Trek films because the even ones are good and the odd ones are kind of. Eh, well, uh, you liked one. I did like one, but I like it conceptually. I can say that it's not a great. Well, I think it's a good film, but I understand why there's people have so many problems with it. Mm. It's not one yeah, of those. Three was just a giant boner. Five was, come on, really? Are you are you kidding me? Three, you could say there are redeeming parts of three. Well, you could say <laughs> there's, there's one redeeming. redeeming there's one <laughs> redeeming three part in three, and that's Christopher Lloyd being a Klingon. It's funny, but you know, it's it's kind of like the redeeming part of having cancer. Yeah, uh, you it's get like a lot of pain meds. Yeah, you know. That's a, you get a lot of sympathy he, from people. People yeah, you haven't he, talked to in years will start calling. Yeah, he's he's the Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon is the pain med slash sympathy. Right. Cancer. Is that, <laughs> of the, the Star Trek that is just a it's a bad film. It really is. <laughs> anyway, also if you want to support fun conversations like this, uh, you can check us through a Twitch streaming streaming subscription. I almost said screaming subscription. It is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> a Patreon subscription through a Streamlabs donation directly through PayPal or by getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. This right here. Boom. My shirt's in the wash. I mean shirts because I have four that I wear to work. Every day? Every day. Where am I? Yep. <laughs> I understand. All right. People of Earth. People, I need you right now because I know there's a lot of people in pain right there. There's a lot of anger in the world. People not trusting one another. And I just, I need to say this. I need you all to reach out, put your hand upon your computing device, whether you're getting the audio version, hold your phone, touch your computer, put your hand on the screen. I'll put my hand up on the screen. We're touching each other. It's there. We're feeling it right there. You and me, we're holding each other right now. And I want you to believe in yourself as you believe in Heathen Dogs and me on the stream. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Now, today we have, uh, we have another... Uh... Dual, dual moment here. We have something on Hulu and something on Netflix, which I'm trying to do more, but Netflix doesn't help me out a whole lot in this one. The first is a series, and the second is a movie. First, let's hit the series. Okay, this one's Buddy Complex. This is actually a uh, uh, a recommendation from Garthon over here, and I'm telling you, it went bad. It went bad. Uh, the whole the whole idea of it is Aoba Watase, which is uh, in the picture. He's the brown headed brown hair kid in the in the foreground. Uh, he's just a he's just a dude. He's just a high school. He's your kid. everyman. Yeah, yeah. He's high school kid. He's just going to school, whatever. And suddenly he gets uh, his life turns to crap, and he actually gets thrown forward in time, like seventy years. It's like what the what? That's a long time. 
it was a long time. Everyone, everyone he's known known as dead, you know, or dying or senile or whatever. And uh, he he's thrown into a world that is at war. Now I have an opening clip. Want to want to hit that? Uh, opening clip is happening right now. All right. They discovered a new energy source. That's right. Made some crazy airplanes. It oh, shook yeah, the world it, order. Yeah, it, it makes all kinds of it makes the giant mechs and giant spacecraft possible. Which caused the people to figure it out to form a new country and. Well, yeah. Guess who's the bad guy in this one? Yeah, the, <laughs> the guys who got the. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Zogonia, but they took over South. Well, Asia. All of Asia. Asia. Starting yes. with the southeast. Yes. So it's like China and Korea are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. China, Korea are the bad guys, and the 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 Free Alliance, the the, the so-called good guys. That's Jap. Uh, that's Japan and America. Yeah, pretty which is neat because you know they don't like us either, but they they hate China more, so we get to be with the good guys. So that's that's nice. I like that. That's, well, that's kind something. of like in uh, the Love Love series, like the uh, the bases that were still not taken over were like Japan and America. Right. So it's like, yeah, they like us. There you go. That's nice. So let, let's go over the details first. Uh, directed by Yas Yasushiro Tanabe. Yasushiro Tanabe. There you go. Uh, written by BC Project. Now I looked that up. And there, uh, a, a cursory Google search does not help you at all. <laughs> and like, what? Who, there, obviously, this isn't a person. It's the Buddy Complex a, Project. Yeah, it is. It is the, is the Buddy Complex Project. I don't know why. I I couldn't find anything really substantive about what what this whole thing, what the whole deal is. But apparently, written by a, a conglomeration of people, all for this thing. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, uh, if I recall correctly, this actually looked it up years ago. Mm-hmm. Sunrise Studio announced that they were going to be producing a traditional mecha series um, under the name Buddy Complex. And so they had basically, basically put together a writing team like, okay, make this series. You know, they like they just got a bunch of guys who they already had employed. Was it Konami who was involved? Some one of those studios was involved. Anyway, sorry. Okay, that's and that's probably it. Uh, music by Tatsuya Kato. Studio is Sunrise. Obviously licensed by Funimation Anime Limited. Original network was, was Tokyo MX, TVA, YTV, BS11, and the Bandai Channel. Didn't know that was a thing, but that's a thing. Bandai original loves their run, robots. I guess so. Uh, original run was January 5th, 2014 to March 30th, 2014 for 15 episodes, and you can see it on Hulu. Now, let us look at our main characters. First is Aoba Watase. Now, this this is the dude I was talking about. This is He's a first-year student in high school, right? He's just, this is his first day, in fact. Okay. This is the very first day he goes to school and says, okay, I'm ready to start high school. This is going to be great. And then it all turns so badly. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and hit uh, clip number one, and we'll find out exactly how badly it goes. All right. Well, it looks like he's being targeted. That guy doesn't yep. like him. No. And look at him. He's like, what the heck? This is What's going on? This, this, guy, uh, this guy has a mad and hate now, for him. Yeah, now we got a giant mech pointing a gun at him. Well, when you live in Japan, you have to expect that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like Godzilla attacks. You know, there's, there's no shirts for. <laughs> Eventually, a giant mech is going to point a gun at you. <laughs> exactly. Now, after this, right, uh, he gets flung into the future. Okay, and uh, and he he wakes up in a mech of his own. Like, what the what? Wondering what is going on. Now, the the transition from present time to future time is. Not very well explained. 
and it's kind of clunky taken by itself. All right. So it's kind of hard to really walk you through it in a, in a uh, linear linear type fashion, because it's not meant to be fully understood until the end, because this is all timey wimey type stuff. All right. Right. Okay. Now, uh, I put in Futurama brain, I put like a parenthetical time. If you remember, uh, Fry goes back in time, has sex with his grandmother, and then uh, has his father's, he's his father's father, go, and that changes his, his brainwave, so he's the only person who can resist the, the flying brains that try and take over the Earth. Now, he is flung into the future where his brainwaves are a perfect match for this for this fighting system which which they call a coupling system which i'm going to i'm going to show you a clip of later but uh the the uh, coupling system is the is the uh uh the free alliance's best bet in winning the war against uh zoglia or zogilia or or something whatever yeah because they have uh much more resources they have more pilots they have they have a better mech but with this coupling system, it, it makes the it makes the mech and the pilot so much better that they can have the you know they they can be outnumbered ten to one. It's not going to matter. Uh, a pilot with a coupling system is going to win. Okay, yeah, uh, I I want to I want to show that clip. Let's uh, let's go to uh, to clip number two. This this is going to introduce uh, a new character, Dio. Now Dio is a uh, is a fighter in the future. Whom, whom Hina, which we'll, we'll get to later, like like I said, I can't explain it in a linear fashion, told him that Dio is waiting for you and then threw him into the future. And this is where he finds Dio. Go ahead and play it. I've already been playing. Oh, okay. They just linked. Now he yeah. feels like he's falling through the sky and into yes, the water. The, this, this clip's a little long because the, they make the first coupling a cool little psychedelic type experience. Yeah, by coupling, they're able to unlock the potential of their uh, mecha. And be faster yeah. and better and have yeah, force it, fields and stuff. It's yeah, it's not really explained well. I mean, I, I have a problem with the with the the way they use this coupling system thing. But the idea is sound. The idea of it is that uh, you hook up two pilots' brains, and they they each share each other's processing power. So it it makes them it makes their reactions and their uh, their uh, um, what do you call it their uh, observations known to each other so it makes it makes great teamwork and uh you you instinctively know the other person's field of vision so it's harder for people to blindside you stuff like that i get it i get it that's that's cool but meh okay now uh go go ahead to uh, to dio let's let's uh, look look at dio's deal Okay, now he's an ace pilot for the Free Pact Alliance. Okay, this is J- Japan and the, and the United States. They're gathered together Free Pact Alliance. Now he is he's not a, he's not a cool dude. Okay, he is a soldier. He is dedicated. He is uh, no nonsense, and uh, he really really is pissed off that he has to that he has to you know be partners with this non-soldier kid who says he's from seventy years in the past. No one believes him, by the way. No one believes Oba because you know that's stupid. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, the only reason he's not locked up immediately is because he's a he's a coupling prodigy. Now, because he showed the, up in a mech, he, sh- he just appeared in a mech and could instantly couple with with the with the only other pilot that they had. Now, uh, the, the the reason the reason uh, he's not thrown into the brig is because he is a genius coupler. Now, when I say genius, is it, it took uh, it took Dio 
and other uh, coupling pilots uh, months and months of intensive training to alter their brain waves to match that of the machine interface so they could link to, to, the, to the machine and the machines could link them together. Well, Oba can just, he just walks in and his brain waves are perfect. They're a perfect match for the machine. That's why I said Futurama brain. <laughs> Apparently he's in the past that I don't know what happened, but uh, he is a perfect match for the machine. So he can link with literally anyone. Which is unheard of at it. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. Uh, no one, no one go, no one can be trained to be perfect with the machine. But they're now, not going to look uh, a gift horse in the mouth. Exactly. So they don't throw him in the brig for, for stepping into a classified, uh, classified military equipment. They say, oh, well, guess what? You're dragooned. <laughs> guess you're what? You're drafted. Out. Good job. Yeah. Good job. Now, uh, the the reason that Dio is so so stoic and so you know not personable at all is because uh, uh, he joined uh, the army to protect his his family and and, and his friends, and uh, he he failed to do that. The his uh, his family was trying to evacuate from a place that was getting bombarded, and he didn't get there in time. And when he finally did, he was ordered not not to go in because it was certain death. And his mother died and his sister got crippled. Dang. So he holds deep guilt for that. And his father blames him for that. Because, you know, dads and Japanese anime are blaming you for whatever. That's going to strain a relationship, I would think. Yes. Yes, it does. Now, uh, our third uh, main main character is Hina Yumahara. Now, uh, Hina is, as you can imagine... uh, is the is the also a first year student at high school she was there when when uh when elba was was attacked and she is also a mech pilot from the future she was waiting for the mech to attack because she had pre pre-knowledge that was going to happen and and she her job was her she went to the past to protect him and send him to the future let's go ahead and play a uh, clip number clip number three you get to see that Ride your bike away from that mech. That'll teach it. <laughs> exactly. So he is shocked and shaken to see her in that thing. And then we skip to the future when he sees her, well, her for the first time. Right now, evil pilot guy is like, what? Why is that person? I can't believe it's her. Like, evil pilot guy from the future knows her. Yes. And then you see her oh, yes. in the future where she's a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, kill him. like I said, it's it's all timey wimey. I have a slide to explain it. The the next slide's gonna explain it. So the next slide's gonna explain it. We'll have to, we'll have to try and uh, wait for that one. Caught in a predestination loop. Yes. Yes, she is. Now, uh, what what happened was he saw Hina. It's like, oh my God, Hina, she she's here. She made it. And then she's like, I don't know you. Blam, blam, blam. I'll shoot you dead. Well, this is why. Let's let's, let's go to the next slide. This is her her little uh, time loop hell. All right. Now I'm starting off the very top middle is 2014 because that that's where the viewer starts off. It's her as a high school student. And uh, she uh, she's waiting around Oba to protect him from this this mech pilot from the future because she knows it's going to happen now she saves him and she finds the the tear in time and space that this mech pilot fell through and she and and oba go through it because she knows he has to go to the future and she says dio is waiting don't worry everything's gonna be fine i'm taking you to the future 
And during the future transit, she disappears and he appears in that mech. Now, what happened to her? Well, she was dumped around 2078, not 2088, where where Oba went. She was dumped into a child into a child body of hers with no memories at all except her name, Hina. That's it. She was found by these uh, Zogilia, whatever it is, soldiers, and raised by by a, an officer in their army. And so she became an officer in the army as well. And, and an elite mecha pilot. Exactly, an elite mech pilot. Well, throughout the tribes and tribulations of the series, she uh, she believes, she gives, you know, begins to believe that, that it was true that you we did know each other in the past and I did travel through time and and uh, she finds out that yes yeah, she was she wasn't really the daughter of, of, of this officer she was a foundling she was a, a war orphan and uh, she ends up falling in love with with Elba and wanting to protect him and she she sees the uh, the tear in time and space open up and she, and she also sees the bad guy mech pilot gets sucked into it and she's like oh now I know what I have to do she jumps into the in the time hole as well because if she doesn't jump the time hole, evil mecha pilot will kill we'll, we'll, Obi in the we'll past. Kill, we'll, we'll kill Oba in the past, and then none of this will happen. So, so she goes back to 2014. So she's caught in a loop. She's caught in this predestination loop. She can't get out. She can't get out over and over again. That, that's all she does. She goes back to save him every time. Yep. It's kind of sad. It's a little sad, but it's also, you know... No, it's just sad. You're right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just plain old sad. Now let's let's go to some of the antagonists here. Uh, the the first is Alfred Gallant. Now he is a he is a, a commander assigned to the 501st Mobile Company in the in the Zogilia Federation or wherever it's called. Uh, he is an exceptional Valiancer pilot, which is the mech. That's what that's what the mech's called. And uh, um, he is a, a full yeah he's he's a he's a full commander, not a lieutenant commander. He's full commander and. He has ambition. He's got drive. He's not evil. Okay, he's not evil. He is a good soldier. He's a master strategist. He's very cunning in, in combat. He's amazing, but he's not a bad guy. You know, he's just he's just a, an officer for a bad military. That's you know, hey, he got he, he the in the in the rolling the dice of birth, he got born in China. So now he's bad. That's according to Japanese. Animation. That's the way it is. <laughs> That's the way it is, man. You're born Chinese. Sorry, dude. You're done. So, uh, yeah, he's not evil per se, but he's really good at his job, which means it makes the bad guy's job that much harder. Now, our next cat is Bizon Garifil. Now, he is bad guy. He's yes, not he only, is evil. Not only, yeah, he is a bad guy. He he's the you learn that he is the pilot of the mech that goes back in time to kill to kill Oba. And by that time, he was super nutter butters. Yeah, he doesn't start out insanely crazy. No, he doesn't start out crazy. He's a he's a childhood friend of Hina, and he's got a he's got a super creeper crush on her, right? So when when she falls for someone else, not only someone else, a soldier for for the enemy, he loses his mind. He snaps. You can you can hear his brain crack like a twig. <laughs> and and he he goes he goes nutter butters. So that's why he acts so crazy in the in the beginning of the of the show because he was driven to insanity by by Hina's you know rejection of his craziness with an enemy or whatever in his mind that he said it was to so he could live with himself being just an, an ass yeah that's why she's not with you dude you're an ass but he can't accept that you know it's got to be her fault and his fault so I better kill them then they can be happy forever yes there you go now if you didn't follow any of that I get it. It's a little hard to follow. 
I gave it three and a half stars. The reason being is once you see the whole thing, then the beginning part makes sense. You're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Okay, I didn't understand that for pretty much the entire anime, and now I get it having seen the end. You have to really push through the entire thing, and then it all comes together like like a puzzle that you finally found the pieces from the beginning at the end, and you put it in. Oh, look, I, it's a it's a it's a whole bunch of clowns. Only clowns aren't bad. Okay, now what I liked about it: good character relationships. All of all of the characters, uh, the way they interact with each other, both uh, socially and on the job. They all make sense. Nobody's over the top. No, no, nobody's, uh, you know, the, the, the stupid female Japanese animation trope person where you, you know, you, you touch their leg by accident. They go all nutty and, and say you're a perv and start beating you with wrenches or whatever. No, none of that crap here. None of that nonsense. All right. I like that. The action is good. Okay. The, uh, all the fight scenes are excellent. There is no blurring or walling effect to, to do fast motion, which is, as everyone knows, is my pet peeve. And uh, all the action scenes are not truncated. Um, some, sometimes they they do a uh, uh, what do you call it? A uh, like a in the movies they they do like a shaky cam type thing because they don't want to really really train the actor how to fight. They just want to make it look like he he knows how to fight. <laughs> Yet sometimes they do that with anime too. They don't do that here. They, they actually take the time to the handheld camera the technique. Yeah, yeah. They, they they draw all the panels. No no shortcuts are taken, which I like. Now, uh, Aoba's skills, uh, how he can pilot a mech so quickly, is explained with the coupling system. The coupling system uh, not only fuses a pilot's perceptions to, together, but it also fuses their unconscious training and and uh, and mind together. So, uh, Dio is a trained pilot. He's trained so much that it's second nature. Like if someone's coming at him with a sword upswing like this, he doesn't have to think about his response. It's muscle memory at this point. He's he knows exactly pilot. what to do to block it. Well, Elba, once he's connected to Dio, he gets that knowledge. He, he gets that muscle memory. All the, all the benefits of Dio's training is passed on through the coupling system to Elba. Right. So as long as he's still in T's and A's pilot. Exactly. Yes. Now, in fact, better than Ace because they get a share of processing power. Exactly. Better than Ace Pilot. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, the, the whole timey-wimey aspect, I liked it. Okay, I liked it. The coupling system I didn't like, which I'm going to get into in just a moment. But the, the whole uh, time jump and predestination loop and all that stuff was fun. It was fun. I mean, uh, they made you wait for it for the whole thing, and it was not a letdown. Right. When, when you finally understood everything, it was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That was pretty cool. Okay, I like that. I like that. Now I know why I had to wait so long for that. That's great. Now, what I didn't like about it, number one, of course, number one, the coupling system. The whole the whole idea of of the coupling system to me is just flawed. Uh, you're you're uh, two different pilots in two different mechs. If you were in the same mech, this might help. You know, two brains are better than one. If you're potting the same mech, kind of like a, uh, um, what's that? What's that dumb? Uh, that, that, that dumb movie where you had two people sharing a brain that were in the same mech. Uh, I it, wait. Movie. A movie? Live action movie, kaiju heavy. Oh, you're talking about Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, yes. That dumb, that dumb movie, Pacific Rim. Now, if you had something like that where they were in the same mech and, and it, it increased all the mech's capabilities because it was now run with two brains, I would buy it. I would buy that. But these guys are in two different mechs in two different parts of the battle most most of the time. How are how is any of this benefiting them? How is knowing what's going on over there going to help you over here? Most times it's not going to. Yeah, so you get situational awareness. 
Yeah, I know, but it's they're they're usually so far apart in the battlefield that having an awareness of a well, completely that's not the the, I mean, the key to why it, it makes them better isn't necessarily the awareness aspects that it's the uh, that they can process everything so much faster because they're borrowing each other's yeah. off cycles. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, if you're both in the same combat, the off cycles are not are are not going. No, to... you're not going to necessarily be busy at the same yeah. time. Yeah, you're you're gonna you're both fighting at the same time, you know, not the exact same battle, but I get it. It's just a little too far fetched. I didn't like it. it they, they they could have come up with a different idea that made that made a little more sense out of the gate. Now I the like name, it. the name Buddy Complex. That's terrible. Terrible name. Terrible. Now uh, I I put the the actual kanji through the through the our friend Google Translate. It came up with Body Complex, hey, which makes baby. more sense. But sounds like a psychological disorder. Well, it's buddy because it takes two people to be buddies to do it. I understand. I understand. I think if... body is probably just the uh, the pigeon for you know. Could be. Could be. But buddy. if I had a choice between body complex and buddy complex, do I want it to be a psychological psychological disorder or a situational <laughs> comedy? Because that that's what buddy complex sounds like. It sounds like. Well, a you, you certainly didn't want to call it coupling. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. So they had they had a, a bunch of bad choices, and they had to choose one. They could have they could have just uh, called it uh, Zogillian uh, Assault or something. You know, they could have something, made up a yeah. name. Could have called it Blazing Mech Fire Seven. Could have, and it would have been better than Buddy Complex or yeah. Body Complex or whatever whatever else they would, they would translate into. So I get it, you know, but they could have gone somewhere else with that. Really, they could have had some more brain power in that one. Now they had an unconventional ending, where the ending of the anime, uh, the the main uh, the the main character Aoba, uh, risks his life, both in the past and the future, to break Hina out of her predestination loop. It does so, and he gets a happy ending, but it's not the happy ending that you want. It's a happy ending True. that you get, which makes sense. But it's not what you're looking for. Like you want them to be happy, like, happily ever after. Happily ever after. They're going to be in love and have their future yeah, yeah. together. Yeah, you want that to happen for them. Happily ever after, either in the now, which is the future, or back in the past, one or the other. You don't get that. No, you don't. You don't get that. So yes, unconventional ending. I didn't like it. They they, they could have they could have foregone that. They could have let us let us have better. a happy ending. Yes, the, a conventional happy ending would have been much better for them. No, Baldahar, we're not going to dignify that that question. <laughs> I didn't see it. What was a question. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. You had to see where that was going. Yeah, okay. Now, <laughs> uh, my next anime is Berserk. The wait, I, I, wait, wait. Before we go to the next, um, I recommended this one to you because I remembered liking it. I'd watched it a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. I, re- only re- I only watched it because I saw like a an ad for it in some magazine for, you know, okay. Buddy Complex, the new Mecca. And, like, and I thought, that is the dumbest name ever. For a mech show, but for some reason, yep. years later, when flipping through, you know, uh, stuff on, I think it was Funimation, I saw mm-hmm. Buddy Complex. I went, I remember that. I remember seeing that name as so I watched it. Went, oh, I actually like this. I wanted, yep. I wanted more episodes. But that's all you get. But you have 15 they, they really tied it up in a bow at the end. They I did. Mean, I didn't like the ending, but it was a good ending. Right. I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like the you know everyone's happy ending. No, no, it was, it was, it wasn't a bad ending. It was technically a happy ending, but not the happy ending people want. Right. Anyway, uh, let's go to Berserk, 
Golden Age Arc One. Now, uh, Berserk has a has a long history of anime and manga. Yes. And I I was reading about it, and it said that uh, that these these movies, the, the Golden Age Arc One, Two, and Three, which is a, it's a trilogy, is a really good stepping on point for this really immersive world. I was like, well, that's good. I, I've never I've never watched any of the anime or read any of the manga, so I'm stepping on. Let's step on together. <laughs> I played a video game. There you go. See. Now, uh, what what this is about? This, this is a this is a fantasy setting. Okay, this is a D and D type fantasy setting, so there's no magic. But uh, it all it, it goes around the the uh, the two main characters, Guts, which is the guy with the huge sword on the right. Yeah, and uh, and Griffin, which is the white haired girly man, on the on the left. Wait, that's a man. Yeah, that's a man. Yep. So, yeah, anyway. Okay. Okay, so uh, the whole the whole thing is that uh, uh, guts gets uh, gets drawn into Griffith's story. You know, Gr- Griffith is uh, he he wants to he's a mercenary leader and he's really good at his job and he wants to get a kingdom of his own and and guts is like you know swept along in his wake you know and it's pretty much their their story. Before we get into that, let's go into the details. Uh, this was directed by Toshiyuki. Kuboka, 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 written by Ichiro Okuchi. Okay, uh, music. Yeah, I know you're laughing. Music by Shiro no. Sekigizu uh, and Susumu uh, Hirasawa. Studio is Studio Four Degrees Celsius. Never heard of that before. That's I that a one cold up studio. It's yeah, yeah. They're not they're not kidding around. Keeping meat uh, in there. <laughs> licensed by Madman Entertainment, Viz Media, and Kaze for the UK. Uh, the original release was February 4, 2012. It was a runtime of 77 minutes, and you can watch it on Netflix. Woohoo! Now, let's get to the main characters. The main character is Griffith. Okay, He's the leader of the mercenary group, the Band of the Hawk. Can I and... interject real quick? Go ahead. I find it funny that he's like the main character when everything I've ever seen for Berserk is Guts. Yep. Weird, huh? Yeah. It is weird. The whole thing revolves around him. But... Uh, the story is told through through the eyes of of guts, but the story is actually about Griffith. So See, that would be like make... if Sherlock Holmes was actually named Doctor Watson. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, yeah. If uh, if if the whole point of uh, of the Sherlock Holmes story was was Doctor Watson's trials and tribulations, but told by by Sherlock Holmes, it's like that. It's crazy, but that's exactly how it is. So there, you can make an argument that yes. Guts is the main character, and and Griffith is just the story. Or the argument could go the other way. Griffith is the main character, but the story as told by Guts. Anyway, uh, the Band of the Hawk is a a legendary mercenary band. Uh, If you want to win a fight, you hire these guys. They'll win it for you. They'll they'll throw a W up in your column. Very nice. He, He himself is a finesse fighter. Then why is he wearing big armor? Well, you have to wear armor, apparently. It's a thing. All you right. have to wear armor. But uh, his sword is much smaller than most, and it's curved, and it's got kind of like a... Sounds uh, like a personal issue. Aha, uh-huh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, has a, it has kind of like a French guard on it, you know, like the whole uh, rapier like rapier. type deal. Yeah. yeah. But it's 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 thicker than, than a rapier, obviously. It's so a it's little, a scimitar. Little thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like in between a rapier and a scimitar. Not quite... As big as, but much bigger than a rapier. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Anyway, uh, he, he doesn't use, uh, he uses an opponent's force against them, stuff like that. 
he is a gifted tactician, which is why that the the band of the hawk is usually usually comes up winning, because he can he can plan his way through through any situation. You know, you give him he's like Hannibal. You know, you give him yeah. five minutes, he can make a plan that works. And he can probably build a a mech out of uh, tree trunks and uh, and some uh, some stale twigs. Always very convenient. Oh yeah, but his big dream is to be a king. He wants his own kingdom, and he, like Simba. Yeah, well. Simba was technically owed a kingdom. That's true. Fair yeah, enough. he wants to get his own. So all of his, all of his actions, everything he does is toward that goal, the, the goal of one day being the king of his own place. All right. Now, our next character, our, our, or our main character, depending on, on what you think, Loner Guts, and that's his that's his full name, Loner Guts. It's a good name. In, in the beginning, he is he is a lone wolf mercenary. He's a he's a dude, and. Uh, he's paid to fight people's fights for them, you know, mercenary, but he does it on his own. He doesn't want to be part of a group is one of the things he's like, Oh, if you, if you join us, you'll have glory. You'll have prestige. You'll have honor. It's like, you know what uh, glory, prestige and honor have in common. What you can't eat them. I want food. I want money to get food. I want money to get, to get a roof over my head. That's what I want. And I want you to shut up about it. Now leave me alone. Great. Okay. Yeah, he wants to be that guy. He can be that guy. Well, uh, Griffith uh, finds him and says, "You know what? I want you to become part of part of my band." He's like, "Nope, nope, that's not gonna happen." Because then I wouldn't be a loner. Yeah, then I wouldn't be a loner. Duh, lone wolf, lone lone mercenary. That's the point, right? Well, uh, Griffith defeats him in battle, and he passes out, and he wakes up in the band of the Hawks camp, and he attacks Griffith again. He's like, "I'm not being part of your band. I told you, lone lone wolf." attacks me in. and then griffith beats him again and he's like now you're gonna be part you're gonna be part of my group or i'm gonna kill you he's like finally part of your group fine whatever, whatever. Fine. i don't i don't want to die obviously no i can't you beat anyway. you so whatever now uh the jump cuts to a year later in the anime and now loner guts is uh griffith's griffith's uh um right hand man like he's fully on board now i mean he he loves this dude He'll do anything for this guy. He wants Griffith to achieve his dream, and he's going to do anything and everything to help make that happen. And it doesn't explain that 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 character. Shift. He's got to assume that they had some wicked, awesome adventures together. You can assume. I'm sure that there's. It's a long, ongoing series. I'm sure they've gotten into it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is supposed to be a jumping-on point. This is supposed to be like, hey, I'm gonna give you all the backstory you need. That's fine. You don't get tired. You miss some backstory, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Nah, you don't need that. I, I'm okay. cool with that. That's like the okay. training montage. I'm fine with it. Okay. All right. All right. Now, uh, the main antagonist. Well, there, there, it, this, there's not. There's just not any antagonist at all in this entire movie. It's 77 minutes. Not a real bad guy in sight. Nobody to overcome. Now, I get it. This is supposed to be a three, you know, a three-part uh, deal. But okay, no real bad guy in the beginning. All it is is just. Uh, introducing the world, introducing the characters, their some of their motivations, what they want, what, how far they're they're willing to go to get it, stuff like that. There is no real antagonist to speak of at all throughout the entire thing. Now, what I rate it, two stars. It's not. Oh, it's not pain. Now, yeah, I'm gonna get the stuff I like. The, the lots of supporting cast. The supporting cast is expansive. They they introduce everyone. They introduce so many people, because like I said, there's no antagonists in the story, so they got lots of time. 
to introduce all the people. The action's good, and there's a lot of it. If you love watching a fight movie, you know, a, a period piece with lots of blood, lots of gore, this is it, man. People's heads getting chopped off, arms getting chopped off, uh, getting almost cut in half. Uh, the action's excellent. There is no, again, there's no blurring or fast motion. It's good stuff. I mean, I, two and a half would be meh, would be an average movie, but I gave it two. But if you like, if you like that kind of movie, you're going to like this movie. Okay. If you want something more in your movie, then you're probably not going to like it so much. Now, uh, there was nudity and lots of blood, but none of it was gratuitous. I liked how they did it. They didn't have blood and guts. They didn't have like a Tarantino spurting everywhere stuff unless it was absolutely necessary and explained. And they didn't have people getting naked for like no reason at all, just to be naked. Just, oh, I want to put a Caligula scene in there. Do it. Draw it. No, none of that. Everyone who was naked was in bed and they immediately got up and got clothes on right away. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's what happens. That's life, dude. That's what happens. I get it. So all of it, all of it was done really well. I liked it a lot. Now, what I didn't like, huge pacing problems. Like, like I said, without an antagonist, things get slow. Without something to drive the characters forward, besides Griffith's uh, uh, all-encompassing goal of becoming a king one day, there's not a whole lot of way to advance the story except trotting through lots and lots of slow dialogue that's what they do they they try to explain everything they try to explain the world they try to explain all the characters give backstory but they can't do it through action a lot of times because there's no enemy so they have to do it through they're talking at a fire or they're talking over dinner or they're talking over this they're talking over that and it's slow oh my god click click fast forward slow jesus okay now for as much time as they had in this movie, they got through very little backstory. The one thing, the things they did really well is uh, the characters' present motivations and future motivations. I have no idea where Loner Guts came from. No idea where Griffith came from. None. They didn't touch on that at all throughout the entire movie. Hmm. There's no real backstory. Which is strange. I've never encountered that in a, in a movie like this before. There's always a flashback of when they were when when one of them was a kid or something like that. And then, you know, it, it sheds light on their current mindset. None of that happened. Absolutely zero. And be, because of that, the movie lacked purpose. You didn't feel the reason for the movie. You know, if, if they cut it down and made it a half hour and tacked it on to say part two, it probably would have been better. It probably would have been better as a, as a as a just label it as a uh, a preface to part two don't don't say it's an actual movie just say hey watch this little little short this animated short before you watch the real movie which is probably going to be act two it it was it was really really badly paced and it as all the all the time you're going through the movie you're like why why am i doing this there's no reason for me to watch this you're not looking forward to anything because the the writing isn't giving you uh, something to look forward to. It's hard to explain because it was it was it was hard to to put into words what I was watching. I mean, if if you can think of of a movie with no antagonist and think that you can watch the entire thing, you got to be dedicated. Hmm. I mean, what is Die Hard without Gruber? A guy stuck in a ventilation shaft. That's it. Very true. 
So there you go. Yeah, it's kind of weird uh, they didn't pin the movie against anything, like some initial nope. struggle or something. Nope. Hmm. Not at all. The, the only thing you could call an antagonist happened in the last 15 minutes. And he was introduced and died in those 15 minutes. Hmm. So they're really go. not much of a threat, really, I guess. Nope. That's why I didn't, I didn't load him up there. I mean, there's no point. You can't call him an antagonist if he's only there for 15 minutes and then dies like a chump. Well, it's kind of sad. Yeah. But that's well, it. That's it for that. No, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. If you want more Heathen Dogma, you can always check out Heathen Dog on the YouTubes. Uh, his anime RPG segments, his team-ups in Star Trek Online, and Secret World Legends with that Garthon cat. Who oh, is... oh, and uh, I wanted to tell everyone that uh, uh, Halloween's coming up, and Secret World Legends has a special Halloween Samhain event, and Garthon and I are going to do it. Are we? I thought we weren't high enough level. No, we have to, all I have to do is be level 10. All right, we're going to do yes, that. We yes, we are. Because we're level 10. And that's coming out on Halloween morning. Oh, that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. So we need to do that. <laughs> All right. Also, you can check out past streams of Star Trek Online with the adventures of Buck Fats McCool, the most unhealthy officer in Starfleet. Uh, StarCraft 2, Darkest Dungeon, which he will never play again. Observer, the game which hated him. And Amnesia, the Dark Descent and a Machine for Pigs. Thank you, Baldar. Thank you, Baldar. Both of will make you very uncomfortable. Get intrigued. <laughs> oh, those, those creepy kids, dude. I still can't agree with those, those creepy kids. <laughs> And make sure to check out Heathen Dog streams Mondays and Thursdays at 12 noon Central, where he's doing currently doing Star Trek Online, the new adventures of Buck Fastbacool. Belar says right. she should play Outlast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder how much that is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You shall see. But until then, thank you, Heathen Dog. You are very welcome. For now. We are going to go to... Garthon's comic poll! Garthon has three books. He pulled them. He's going to read them. He did read them. Just then. Alright. First up, U.S. Avengers number 11. Uh, Written by Al Ewing. Artist is Paco Diaz. Colors by Jesus Abertov. And this cover is by David Nakayama. The cover's great because it uh, lets you kind of know what's going on. Uh, looks a lot like an Archie comic, but yes. with a weird hyper-realistic person who is Cannonball uh, stuck Sam, in there. Sam Guthrie. Sam Guthrie. Yeah, the... Uh, it's part of the Marvel Legacy, Marvel's new Legacy thing. Uh, mini part is Cannonball Run, part one. So, to sum up, Cannonball was on a spaceship trying to get back to Earth to help out his friends. The ship was waylaid. It got blowed up because that's when the Earth was under a big big shield from evil Hydra days. And all the millions of evil aliens out there, the Chitauri, saw a ship coming in and they blowed it up in deep space. Okay. Uh, He was picked up by some salvagers because that's what they do. They saw... A person who went, hey, we can make some money by selling this guy. And so they did that. And the guy who purchased him a slave actually was like, I'm not really a slave. I shouldn't be purchased. Uh, look, uh, this is bad. Like, you shut up. But the guy who ended up purchasing him 
was a strange-looking character. It looked like an Earthling, human, older, white, mustache, 1950s sweater jacket, you know, or cardigan. And he ended up taking him into what looked like a quaint 1950s town, which was very strange. Uh, But he told him it was Glenbrook. Uh, He told him his name was Howard Mason. Uh, Took him to the town of Glenbrook. And it wasn't too long being at Glenbrook. He's told he's going to be their new school teacher. He's like, I don't really know much about teachers. Like, oh, who better to teach about Earth than a human from Earth? And then he sounds legit. Yeah, and then he's interrupted by a redheaded teenager who says, uh, and this is America, isn't it? Where the old guy immediately first, oh, your majesty, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It's like, and he's like, whispers, get into character or I will have you killed. <laughs> and then Austin Miss Trace is like, uh, uh, what are you doing here, Redwood? Sit for my daughter again? I'll not have it, you know, good Nick. Get away from me. You know, all starts going like this character. It says, hi, I'm Richie Redwood. I'm the America's t- typical teenager. What's your name, friend? So pretty soon they set up the Archie situation. Where he's stuck in Glenwood, which, you know, it's, Glen is like a dale. You know, it's like Riverdale, but Glenwood. Got it. The, uh, Got it. yeah. They, uh, Richie Redwood is obviously, you know, Archie. There's, you know, he has Ursula with the black hair, who's the rich girl in town. You know, basically, you got the whole Archie setup. Gotcha. And it's obviously, there's that element of the Twilight Zone. Something very sinister is happening here, and she's trying to figure out what is going on. While that's going on, the rest of his team, is the U.S. Avengers, is coming to rescue him. They don't know where he is. They know his coordinates, but they don't know what's going on. Because he has a health tracker implanted in him uh, because his wife, Smasher, is a super guardian for the Shi'ar Empire. And because okay. she's married to this guy, he has a Shi'ar health tracker in him. Which is mainly, you know, you know, for you know, health, fitness, wellness. It's like having an internal Fitbit, you know? Check your workouts. Okay, got it. But also in case you get lost or kidnapped in interstellar space, they, you can be tracked. You know, and found. Okay, you know? got it. Yeah, it's, it's something he willingly wanted. You know, it wasn't like, no, don't track me, bro. It, but anyway. So when they go to track him down, when they get near the space of the planet where he's being held, all of a sudden they are attacked by what appear to be space mobsters. 1930s Tommy gun wielding guys, uh, flying 1930s Cadillacs through space. Okay. It has a very much of a, you know, Star Trek piece of the action vibe. You know. Okay. Got the game to say, hey, you guys don't know where you's going. You know, bad accents, everything. And the team just can't believe what's happening to them. It sounds like, it sounds ludicrous. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely ludicrous. And it, the, uh, Al Ewing does a great job writing it in that he knows it's ludicrous. Everyone involved in it knows it's insane, but it's happening to them and they're just dealing with it. Right. Okay. So they go back to go back to you know the town 
poor Cannonball is now in like a 1950s professor outfit, patches on the sleeves, the whole gig. You know, where you brown ugly brown suit. And he's told, you know, hey, he's got to be a teacher, teach about everything. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I don't have to put up with this crap and I'm going to leave. And Richie Redwood gets all of a sudden gets really angry and says, no, you will play your part or you will disappear because this is of the perfect town in America and you will not screw this up. And then while he's trying to argue with him, he just turns his blast on and takes off. Yeah. And Richard just sitting there. He's like, rocket legs. The new teacher has rocket legs. That just kills the immersion of the entire freaking place. <laughs> nice. He's like, ox instead of moose. Go, go catch our new professor and bring him back. Oh, sure thing, Richie. Oh, your highness. They all keep calling him your highness when it's, you know, so obviously. He's... So he goes up there and when he grabs him, he flies up. Ox does. And he looks like a super scroll. Oh. All of a sudden, he is an X-Men Super Scroll. Colossus body, Archangel wings, Nightcrawler bamfing, Cyclops visor. Yep. And takes him out pretty quick. Of course. That takes us back to the rest of the Avengers trying to get there. They've wiped the floor with the uh, the space gangsters because the space gangsters did not know they were screwing with someone who had a Hulk on their team. Oops. Yeah, but the space gangsters, you know, like, like, look, whoa, we could work something out, right? And then when they see where they're trying to get to, like, whoa, you're going to that planet? That's where the Mad King rules the planet. That's a very bad place to go. But if you want to go there, I'll help you take him down if that's your aim. They got one of your friends? I'll help you bust him out. Oh, that guy's crazy. So there's obviously, they don't go the whole backstory there, but you figure out that even, like, apparently there's, like, a whole area which is obsessed, I'm guessing, with early American television, probably because mm-hmm. the radio waves are finally reaching that far. Sure. It appears that they're all scrolls, because at the end, when Cannonball wakes up, um, he finds himself, he is in a, looks like some weird castle or prison. He says, like, where am I? Here, there's a voice off camera. It's like, oh, this is Sabine the Teenage Witch's castle. They don't have a prison in Glenbrook, so they use this. Yeah, Sabine. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, they're going all in. There's no, like, yeah, we know this is silly. No, it's silly. All in. Make it. You're all in to the point where it all, almost seems plausible. You know? They've, they've committed so much that this now is making sense. Yes, it makes sense because everyone's in. Any of the people in it are like, you know, they know they're playing roles, but their insane ruler who can have them killed in an instant wants to do this, so they're doing it. Which... If you look at the history of insane monarchs, yeah, that's what happens. They're crazy, and everyone around them goes, yes, sir, you're right. And they all play along, no matter how insane it is. So he gets there. Uh, but when he wakes up, so like, so you're in Sabine the Teenage Witch's castle. Uh, they don't have a prison. That's where they got to keep you. And it's like, yeah, he put you somewhere. It's like, holy, like, hey, I'm Bugface Brown. Sorry if I startled you. Earlier, you talk about how they don't want to get disappeared like Bugface, right? Mm-hmm. Bugface is apparently their equivalent of Jughead. Got it. As you see, Bugface Brown. That's where they imprisoned all the uh, malcontents, the unwanted. And apparently, Bugface either likes looking like a scroll or can't change his appearance. But also, you see in the little prison are like uh, people with dark skin. 
someone with purple hair, someone who looks like a little too rebellious. Basically, anyone who ticked off the Mad King's plan is getting thrown into prison. Went off script. Yeah. So, I like it just because of the insanity of it all. It's a fun read. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time, because it's all in, there's no like the side to the cameras. We know this is dumb. There's none of that. Everybody's all in. This is happening. They can't believe it's happening, but you know they've seen worse. You know they've seen the arcade create entire worlds. So they're all in. They're willing to deal with this. They also Al Ewing's also done a great job leaving enough uh, trails that you can see there's some logical reason why this is all happening. You don't know what it is yet. You can make conjecture. But there's a reason why you have space gangsters flying through space in 1930s Corvettes. Not Corvettes, uh, cars. Why someone is recreating an analog of Riverdale. Right, that's all there. There's some reason for all this. It might be he's trying to prepare some sort of strange invasion of Earth. You don't know. <laughs> it might be he just wants to create his own Earth theme park, and he's so obsessed this is going to happen because he wants to be that character. Who knows? We don't. And we're going to find out, of course, throughout the course of the story. But it does a great job weaving that all in. And so, it's, so far, it's a fun story. It's very enjoyable. I like where this is heading. I know it's not going to last too, too long. Because in the next couple of months, um, all the Avengers titles are collapsing down into one series. Ooh, really? Yep. So, Avengers, U.S. Avengers, Uncanny Avengers are all going to become one series called The Avengers. Uh, it's going to be a okay. weekly series, and all the writers, Al Ewing, um, not Nick Spencer, but basically all the writers, I think Nick Spencer, all the writers of all the series are going to write. Like, you know, they're going to trade off issues. So I don't know if that'll be good. I don't think they're swapping of arcs. From, what I, from the brief stuff I've read about it, it sounds like they're swapping issues. So I don't know if gonna, like, every issue is going to focus on a different part of the team, or if there's only going to be one team, or what. But the idea is, instead of having three different Avengers titles that come out monthly, collapse them all down, one weekly series. Three writers. Um, it could work. Maybe not. Maybe. We'll see. No one's done that before. Hmm. Um, and it's going to go back to its legacy numbers, so it's going to be on like 600-something. Maybe 700-something. Maybe 800. I don't remember. But, final star rating for U.S. Avengers, number 11. I enjoyed it. Nice plot hooks. The art was really solid. I just, I love Paco Diaz's art. I love Al Ewing's writing. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Three Not and quite five. four. I really did enjoy it. It was just, I love the insanity of it, but it's kind of a little too much kind of like when you're watching Star Trek the original series and you love it but then they end up you know fighting Space Hitler you know I know they literally didn't fight Space Hitler but they did have to go to planet and literally wear Nazi uniforms yes there's a logical explanation for it I know but come on come on <laughs> they recreated all the technology really anyway <laughs> all the cars look the same anyway so I really enjoyed it though three and a half stars I could actually be convinced to go four stars for it. Really enjoyed the series. Big thumbs up. You just finished number 11. Good deal. Next. 
Justice League of America, number 17. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, pencils by Ivan Rice, inks by Hula Ferrerina, and, uh, sorry, Ferreria, Ferreira, Ferreira, and Eau Claire Albert. Man, I missed, I had problems with the name. Now I can't make fun of Heathen Dog. Ha It's not even Japanese. Winner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, colors by Marcelo Mayalo, and the cover by Ivan Rice and Marcelo Mayalo. The art of the book kind of looks like that, but actually, in my opinion, the interior art's better. Okay. This is part of a series, well, like the overall story arc. Um, did it have a name? Uh, Panic in the Microverse. So, through the past few issues, um, Ryan, oh, I forgot his last name, the Adams... Dr. Professor Palmer, not Dr. Uh, Professor Palmer, the Adam, his assistant, Ryan. Ray, Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer. Yeah, Ray Palmer. Yeah, the Professor Ray Palmer. His assistant, Ryan, uh, found a signal because ever since this series has started, the Adam has been Ryan, his assistant, mm-hmm. because Professor Palmer, Ray Palmer, went missing. No note, no letter, just gone. He, part of why he joined the Just League of America was trying to find him. He actually found a very minute distress signal from the microverse to deep in the microverse. And he went to go go get, get him, him, go find him. Yeah. Uh, this sure. led to a wide-spanning adventure uh, in the microverse where they found there's something destroying reality at the microverse level. And it's going to expand to destroy all of reality. Not great. They don't know why, but he sees all this destruction being caused and he starts finding out when he tracks down the signal from the belt, he doesn't find Professor Palmer, he finds this dude. Right? Like, hey dude. What are you doing? Um uh, he calls himself Aaron. He says, Hey, I'm a friend of rape a friend of Professor Palmer. I'm a fellow scientist. He and I are trying to find out what's caused the destruction of the microverse. He's like why do you have that belt? Because we built it together. You know, so so I could go with it. I'm like, oh that makes sense, you know, it does. The guy, and so they start going out there helping people. They find someone else who's actually can te- teleport. Like, oh, that's sweet. And, you know, Aaron's like, you don't, shouldn't trust that chick. She's dangerous. I wouldn't be. Uh... Okay. But long story arc. Eventually the Justice League ends up going after Ryan. It's like, hey, why'd you ditch us? And he's all like, well, this wasn't your problem. It's like, no, it's a Justice League problem. We're here to help you. You don't do this by yourself. You're not in trouble. We just want to help. He's like, oh, you guys are great. He's like, yeah, we are great. I don't be a jerk. Let's go. Thanks for forgetting that. <laughs> Thanks for forgetting you know, you know, Batman's like, yeah, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I am great. I know. Muscle rich. <laughs> how, how'd you eat the microverse? Did I just say I was Batman? <laughs> Why are you asking these questions? I bought the microverse. I moved in. Uh, I'm the opposite of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a good businessman. I keep my social life straight. <laughs> I don't uh, deal with chicks. They're only trouble. <laughs> we both got dead parents. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so. Long story arc. Eventually they track down where the main disturbance is happening. They go there and they find the Adam. He's like, what are, the hell are you doing here? And then he points to Aaron. Why the hell did you bring him with you? And they're like, what? He's like, ah, ha, ha, suckers. And he goes and like, 
starts, you know, trying to fight them, and he gets his butt kicked because the whole Justice League is there. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, before he fights them, you know, he, of course, puts on a different costume because he had one with him. Of course, yeah. And yeah that, that was that inevitable betrayal moment. He has to be ready for it. Right. He was. He was actually waiting for it. He's like, I need to get back to this point and get back to my test equipment so I could use it to crack open this thing and just and destroy the whole universe. I'm not Aaron. I am the Null. That, that's his super okay. villain name. The Null. Because you don't have to yeah. nullify everything. Right, right. So much... The thing is, though, the uh, thing about uh, your the bad guy's huge plan of destroying the whole universe, dude, you live in it, too. Yeah, he's part of it. He's okay with that. Okay. He's right. like super nihilist. He's like... Super nutters. Yeah. No pain in the universe. We'll wipe everything clean, and then a better society eventually will form. Really? That's his plan. Just null null everything. Boom. Null it all. All right. Start over. (laughs) So they beat him up. They wreck his machines. He's like, ah, you guys are jerks. But later he manages to get his stuff back together. He uh, surprise attacks him. And he Uh goes, because that's what he does. He's evil. And he goes to do the thing again. And they're like, don't do it. You're crazy. He's like, no, I'm doing the thing. I am crazy. Eventually, Ryan mans up and says, okay, okay, okay. We can't. When they finally like break free of what he did, they're like, all right, how can we stop this? Well, it's a chain reaction. We don't got much time. We can't stop it. Or maybe we can. And then, of course, you know, he does the crazy plan. Of he grabs Null and... Right at the point throughout the microverse, their uh, their shrinking belts that allow the atoms to shrink uses the power of a captive white dwarf to do it. Okay, it's a uh, good deal if you can get it. Yeah, right. right now they're at the limit of the belts thing. Like both of their belts are like leaking energy because they're just they're at their limit. We're at this point in the microverse, but he's like, you know what? I have a plan. But he, gra- he goes, grabs Null, and they both go, shrink, 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 shrink. And everyone's like, wait, you're insane, you're going to... He's like, whatever, I'm out. He starts talking, he kind of mentions about, like, how it's a chain reaction, like a runaway fire, like a wildfire, and that's when he gets the idea of how to stop it. Have you ever heard of the Helldivers? Not jo- specifically, no. John Wayne movie, based on a real-life oh, no. story. Basically, they had to do the same thing uh, when Saddam Hussein lit all the oil wells in Iraq and oh, Kuwait to, on the way out. you have to stop a fire by creating more fire. Uh, well, a massive explosion. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – I forget the guy – the movie The Hell Divers is about the guy who figured this out, uh, stopping well fires in Texas with dynamite. Um, so that's his plan. It's like, I have a white dwarf star on my waist. His plan is to go in there take Null's dumb butt with him, go to the center of the reaction, and detonate. Yeah. And that'll wipe, stop the reaction. And then they can work on closing the rift and saving the microverse, and thus saving the universe. Solid plan. He knows it's a one-way death trap. But he's like, I'm taking Null with me. You want to be Null? You want the end? Okay, I'll, I'll give you that, buddy. You know, he ends up grabbing Null's shrinkage belt, pulling off him like, ah, you're not getting out of this sucker. And he goes to detonate it. And while he's waiting, you know, they're going in. He's like, oh, this is it. This is life. This is how it ends. All of a sudden, he's grabbed by Killer Frost. Or just Frost. 
Well, just Frost she, now. She hasn't killed anyone in a while. Has she, she has not. Well, actually, she kind of has. But anyway. Oops. <laughs> Only he was a bad person, though. She feels bad about it, but he had to go. But Frost ends up grabbing him with, you know, Adam, and I think Batman's there, of course, because he's Batman. Yeah. Batman's not afraid of detonations. The, and basically, I have to grab him and yank his butt out before the detonation happens. Because it happens at a lower microverse level, it doesn't, you know, kill all of them. Because it's a different plane of reality. Sure. And, you know, it's a nice moment because Frost basically, like, freaks on, like, what the hell were you doing? You're you idiot. You don't need you to die like a hero. Basically, she ends up like confessing her love for him, and because he, he's had the hospital obviously for a while, mm-hmm. you know. So it's nice to see that kind of getting got together. Uh, in the end, uh, the Adam Ray Palmer, you know, says, "Okay, well, I'm going to stay here and fix this place." And Ryan's like, "You got to come back. You're the Adam. You need to be on the team." And Adam looks like, "Don't you understand what you just did? You were able to do what I couldn't. I couldn't figure that out." I look at everything as a scientific issue. You reacted like a hero. I didn't think to do that. You are a better Adam than I am. Just being here, finding me, shows that. You deserve to be the Adam, not me. And so after that, he officially is the Adam. It's a really nice moment, the way it was laid out. Steve Irwin did a great job writing that. Um, overall, for this whole Panic in the Microverse arc, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I thought the ending was really nice, though tied all the loose ends, explained everything real nicely. Um, main bad guy was kind of a putz. Eh, you know. Yeah. But also laid down the foundation of, well, why was the universe cracking anyway? It looked, because they see the pattern was half looked like a hand trying to reach through. Maybe it's a reference to Dr. Manhattan. Maybe. Because they're saying like something was trying to come through into the prime universe. And so that could either link to Dr. Manhattan or possibly a story they've kind of left off to do this Panic in the Microverse thing where people were getting their wishes granted through their, through their dreams. And then some other people showing up saying, you're ruining the universe doing this. And people are like, yay, free wishes. You know, and then this elemental force of justice coming out saying, this is wrong. This is basically their paradox victim uh, entity showed up to start killing anyone messing with the universe like that. And the justice league beat him up, but he's the good guy from his point of view. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Ah, the, I'm saving the universe. And just like, he's like, you're killing people. We can't let you do that. Hey man, you got to break a few eggs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, they're, they're, they're you know, and so they end up stopping. Him. But even Batman's like, you know, uh, I know we had to stop that guy because he was killing people. That's bad, but he has a point. He has a bat point, you know. Uh, so they kind of left off that, so that could be... They're also hinted that would be related to that. I don't know where they're going. But the final panels of the book involve some old Justice League baddies reuniting. Um, it looks like... What's this idiot's name? I can never remember. Da-da-da-da-da. da Hey, who cares what that guy's Hall. name is? I don't know. But some dude I don't really recognize ends up teaming up with Prometheus, who was ba- uh, the DC villain Prometheus, right. who was banished to the ghost dimension. But they're going to get him out of there, and he's going to beat up the Justice League, apparently. So, a real obvious, da at the end of that. But, who cares? 
overall, I liked this issue a lot. The art was pretty solid, especially because here there are a lot of weird things going on that are kind of hard to explain, so you need to sum it up visually as to why this is happening. A lot of what he's drawing are destroyed things that are absolutely wrecked by Cataclysm. So it's not because, you know, you're not drawing happy fields and buildings or picket fences, you're drawing devastated land, which can get boring pretty quick. But uh, Ivan Rice and Hula Ferrer and Ocular Albert do a great job making it at least interesting to be in the background. You know, it does its job. Great job showing characters, everything's on model. I really, really enjoyed his art. Um, so, again, three and a half stars. Liked it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, from, from what you're saying, uh, the, with the ending being so corny and stuff, and I think I've I liked the corny ending. I mean, the, the last couple panels of like, look, this bad guy's coming next. But I did like the whole him coming into his own as a hero angle. I mm. did like that. I did like that Frost finally had the motivation to finally like open up herself, herself up to someone. You know, so I thought that tied in real nicely. Three and a half stars. Okay. But good questioning. Hmm. And last, the Amazing Spider number seven ninety, the Fall Big of Parker numbers. Part Two. Fall of Parker, come on, that's he. He's still falling. Oh, I thought, I thought he already hit rock bottom. He's still falling. Jesus, and he's literally falling in the picture. That's crazy. All right, plot by Dan Slott, written by Christos Gage. This is, well, this is actually something I've been arguing for for a while, that Dan Slott needs to stop writing Spider-Man. He's done. And the, the plot right now is by him. That's fine. I think Christos Gage is a capable writer who I think did a great job of this issue. No, you have to say Christos. Christos Gage. Christos. Um, pencils by Stuart Immonen. Immonen. Uh, inks by Wade Von Grawbadger. That's a, still like that name. That's an awesome name. It is an awesome name. I want that name. <laughs> Maybe it's a Vade von Gurrobadja. <laughs> uh, colors by Marte Grecia. And cover by Alex Ross. Now, before you get into it, tell us about this legacy numbering system. All right. Uh, Marvel had, for years, have been doing one of the dumbest things that anyone has ever done in the comic industry. That every year, they'd have one, sometimes two, new number ones. Every time they started a new story arc... They'd call it issue one. Look, it's Amazing Spider-Man issue one. The second time this year. You know. And they did it with all their titles. And they got nothing but complaints. Because their argument was, initially, you do a number one. And that way, people who just watched a Spider-Man film or whatever say, hey, I want to read. Oh, it's a number one. I can start reading there. It's somewhat true, I guess. Like, when they're doing, like, Rebirth, or, like, Total Reboots, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But, it ended up getting really confusing when you're looking for, I want to, oh, hey, that was Spider-Man issue 8. Okay, there's now 8 different Spider-Man issue 8s. That's insane. The amazing, not the Web of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, no, none of that. Spider-Man 2099, just The Amazing Spider-Man, there are multiple issue 8s. You could find, like I said, sometimes there's two number ones in the same year. That's how bad it got. So they started a campaign they called Marvel Legacy, where they're going back to the original numbering system for these comics. 
So like Thor is going to be like near a thousand. Hulk's going to be near a thousand. Spider-Man's at seven ninety. So they're going back to all these way old numbers. Um, and assuming that all these other issue ones and stuff, if you counted those issues in succession as part of the sequence, you would now be on 790. Great. Okay. Which makes a lot more sense. Thank God. Um, Also, part of what the push of Legacy is, is taking characters back to kind of what their roots were. So it's a lot of what DC did with Rebirth, where they would take characters, like you're apologizing for New 52 and taking characters back to their roots. Uh, this is a lot of apologizing for their multiple issue ones and trying to take characters back to their roots. Um, some are more subtle than others. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man being taken back to his roots was done with the subtlety of turning off your computer with a sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> it really has been. It's I'm not saying it's badly written, but it's kind of like you had a situation where Peter Parker had more money than Iron Man, had the better tech than Iron Man, was living in the Baxter building. You know, it's like, this was, it was, he was doing international affairs and it was, it was not anything any uh, some super reading Spider-Man for years would expect. It wasn't bad necessarily, but it didn't feel like Spider-Man. Right. Well, you should have drawn yourself into that particular corner. Right. You know, uh, Spider-Man has been doing a good job screwing itself writing-wise, ever since One More Day, which was 15 years ago now? 10 years ago? Gosh, I think it was 10 years ago One More Day happened. More than that. And ever since then, Spider-Man's had a lot of problems with what they've done. Because that was the first time they did something to screw its continuity really bad. And yes, I don't think Clone Wars screwed Spider-Man's continuity that bad. This, One More Day, basically said... Oh, Peter Parker's happy, and he's married to Mary Jane, and they're having a kid. His Aunt May died, and so he makes a deal with the devil to bring back his Aunt May. And in exchange, he has to give up his relationship with Mary Jane. And he said yes. would have smacked the crap out of him. No kidding. I'm an old lady. No kidding. It's insane. It made no sense. And it completely violated stuff his character stood for for since the 60s. Yes. Just insane. Uh, so ever since then, because that was an attempt to get Spider-Man back to his roots by getting rid of all the stuff fans actually liked. So, but anyway, they're they're again taking Spider-Man back to his roots without any hocus pocus or deals with the devil. He's still not with Mary Jane though, which is fine, I guess. He's now with Mockingbird, which is okay, I guess. I guess. Is Mary Jane still around, or she just left? Uh, last I saw, she was dating Tony Stark. Okay. Hey. So yeah, like when I said that Tony Stark and Spider-Man had swapped, yeah, yeah, they swapped dance partners too. Wow. Nice. Yeah, Peter Parker was having fast times with many women, pro- assumably. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Tony Stark was <laughs> just, just made no damn sense. Sorry, just didn't make any damn sense. Anyway. I'm back. Ah. So Peter Parker got control of Parker Industries, which was built up by Dr. Oct- by Otto Octavius when he was in Peter Parker's body. No, we're not going to talk about that now. No. Um, during the whole Hydra stuff, 
that all came crashing to an, uh, an end when Dr. Octopus, now in his own super octopus body, decided to come back and say, hey, yeah, I want Parker Industries. It's mine. I built it. You're an idiot. You've done nothing with it but waste resources, waste money, waste talent. Everything you have was built off of my genius. And Parker's response was, nuh-uh. Yep. And right. then Dr. Octopus went and showed him that it was, and, he, and Parker went, well, I'm in charge now, and I believe in this company. Like, okay. What he should have done is say, just shrug and say, all right, I want away from this anyway. That's what he should have done. Yeah. Give but, himself a golden parachute and <laughs> jumped out. Yeah, so in response to that, Dr. Octopus made some bad things happen. And to make it stop, Peter Parker had to send out like a, a high-pitched squeal from every single one of it. Basically... Imagine that instead of iPhones, everyone's running around with Peter Parker webware phones. Mm. Access the web with webware. Got it. Spider-Man Got reference. It. Yeah. Got it. So, so basically he had to go cut, do that so it would stop the bad things from happening with, with people dying. And then on top of that, he had, because Dr. Octopus had all the backdoor data, to make sure Dr. Octopus couldn't get it, he nuked all of his servers. So everyone who had, like, the entirety of their family photos and videos, the birth of their child, backed up to the cloud, gone. Parker wiped the cloud. Everything. To stop Dr. Octopus. Yeah. He lost. Um, and people are already mad at him because uh, Green Goblin was doing something in Slavonia, Silver Sable's country. And so he went in there. With as an independent action, Shield told him no. U.S. government told him no. The acting government, Slavonia, said no. He went in anyway to take down the Green Goblin. Obsessive much? Mm. So he went in there with his own private army that he funded, and Silver Sable, who that technically the rightful ruler, but you know, let's not get into that. Um, and caused an international incident because he had the funds to do it. So everyone's already he was already in trouble. And then he did that crap. Pissed off the entire entirety of at least America, who had bought into his data, bought into everything. Gone. White. <sighs> so he has nothing. He has less than nothing. Because he had to sell the nothing he had. Um This issue begins with him. And Harry Osborn, uh, in multiple meetings, you actually see him like in this, like behind a desk in multiple. It looks like one continuous meeting, but like the people on the side of the table keep changing, because he's just apologizing to all these different people who are suing him. You know, it's like I apologize that we had to take these actions, but I felt it was the best of the time. I had to do this in order to stop this happening and this happening. We know this has caused you trouble, and we're trying to recompensate everyone. That is why I've liquidated all of Parker Industries to be able to pay. You know. So basically, he's walking out of there with less than nothing. Right. He he has the clothes on his back. He doesn't have a place to stay. He's staying at Mockingbird's apartment, right? So he's an owned man. Yep. He has. Hey, that. Well, no, it's a good gig if you can get it actually. Okay. But uh, <laughs> so he, when he's walking out of these meetings with Harry, like there are people protesting, and he's like. Man, these people hate me. I mean, I'm used to them hating me as Spider-Man. But right now, they actually love Spider-Man, and they hate me. So it's a weird change. I don't know mm -hmm. if I like it. 
at the main say at the meantime, Harry's like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they don't hate you. They hate what had to happen. But I was trying to protect them. We know. I know that. I'm your friend. I know what you did. I was part of it. But uh, was there any other way? Like, not that I know of. There were other ways. You could have said, okay, it's yours. You did build this. I'm out. That could have happened. Yep. It, it didn't. Um, so he's like, all right, we just set this up. I have a meeting with buyers for the Baxter building. It's your last big asset. It's prime Manhattan territory. And he goes, oh, Peter. so we'll set this up. We have a meeting at uh, Peter. And he's gone. You know? Because he looked away like there was like a siren or something. So he, he's gone. He's like, and Osborne's like, oh, come on, this isn't funny. This wasn't funny in college. You know, yeah. he's doing the whole disappearing. And so he goes off to do Spider-Man stuff and he feels pretty good about it. He's helping people, you know, signing some autographs, calming down. While that's going on, one of uh, Park Industries' ex-employees um, who was a reformed villain uh, who worked heavily with sound. Um, what was his name? Clash. I thought he only had one hand. No, you're thinking of Claw. Clay. Oh yeah, Claw. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Clash was a semi-recent Spider-Man villain. Um, they gave him a uh, retcon backstory where he knew Parker in college, and basically, like, anyway, it doesn't matter. He ended up becoming a super villain using sound waves, but he was kind of like a reluctant villain in a way. Like he only did it because he needed the money to help someone type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Spider-Man was in his way. He became obsessed with fighting Spider-Man. Then after he got beaten up a few times and Spider-Man, Leo basically like said, Hey, you know, I know you're not really a bad guy and you're a genius. Look at this tech you're making. This is genius level stuff. You should really work on that. You know? And then when he got out of prison, he helped get him a job in Parker Industries because he owned the company. Yeah. Now it's all gone. Yeah. Now it's all gone. And basically he is breaking into the last warehouse of Parker Industries in the Baxter building with some hired goons. And actually there's some clever ride of the hired goons. Uh, Cause they're like, yeah, yeah, this has got to be full of goodies. He's like, no, 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 no. I want what I developed. I'm not letting him sell that off. That's mine. He lied to me about all these lofty ideals. He's just like everyone else. I'm done with Parker. I just want my stuff though. We're going to steal it and we're going to go. And of course, when of course they get in there, the goo's like, oh, let's steal this too. He's like, no, don't you understand what evil mastermind means? You listen to me. You are the goons. I'm the evil mastermind. You don't get to start taking stuff. You follow the plan. So, while this is all going on, um, Johnny Storm finds out that the Baxter building is getting sold. And he confronts Harry Osborne about it outside the Baxter building. He's like, what do you mean this... Parker owns this building. He said we could have it forever, that there will always be a place here. You can't just sell it off. At this point, he hadn't got all the money yet, so he couldn't buy it himself. Mm. So he's like, wait, you can't. Yeah, it's like, and Osborne's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But if Parker were here, which he's not and supposed to be, because he's shirking responsibility, again, he could explain it to you. But you know what? We need a buyer. He has nothing. He has This is his only asset. It has to get sold. And when he finally shows up as Spider-Man, he's like, hey, you know, 
Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, Parker is running late, but he told me he'll be here soon. Johnny Storm knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Harry Osborn does not. Mm. So it's, you know, I, you know, Torch yelling, you got him, he can't sell that building. And, you know, Osborn's like, it's not up to Spider-Man, it's up to Peter Parker. And he already approved these documents that are going to be... So, I'm sure he already told you that, right, Spidey? And then Torch is looking, like, flames start licking around his ear, face. He's like, well, Spidey, what did Parker say? Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, I think Pete may not have appreciated the importance of those documents when he saw them. He's just... He's been under a lot of pressure, and he's just kind of signing stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do they got to write Peter as such an idiot? Well, he is an idiot. At least yeah, he has been for a while. He's not that, that blatant idiot. Like, uh, uh, well, not just, a very good CEO. I get it. Well, right I now, I, I get it in this instance just because everything is crashed. He can't concentrate on dinner plans, right? And when everything's falling apart, he's just, yeah, whatever, whatever. we got to get out of the situation. So I'm, I, could, I could see that happening. And now he has one of his old friends in his face. Why is this happening? You know, you promised. He's like, oh, crap. He's his mind. You know, his head's not in the game. I get it. I get it. And he actually says, but from what he might have told me, he's probably selling the back building really just to cover all these other lawsuits he has going on. He doesn't want to, but, but uh, it's like, hey, hey, let's, let's try this. Johnny, uh, if I were Peter Parker... If I were, what would you say to me? Oh, well, if you were, uh, he starts, he looks at him. I'd say, flare him on and starts attacking him. He's like, I knew this would happen. So they end up like getting a huge fight in the middle of the Baxter building. Which is great cover for uh, the bad guys. Break, Sonic Boy. Yeah. yeah, Sonic Boy breaking in with his goons. Because they turn off the security systems, go in, and no one notices because there's a giant fight between Spider-Man and Human Torch happening in the lobby. But, uh, uh, understandably, the security is a little distracted. Right. It's one of those, well, what can we do about this type situations? You know? Uh, so, Torch is pretty pissed at Parker at this point. Cause that would be too. He's losing... He was promised this last he legacy from the Fantastic Four would be left. And it's yeah. going Bungled away. to everything from, yes. from, the, from Jump. Yes. So, at this point, um, Clash is getting back his Sonic Transducer which can turn sound and energy into basically any other kind of energy. It's a pretty neat gadget. Yeah. Um, but while this is happening, uh, Osborne figures out to look at the security cameras and say, hey, someone's breaking in downstairs and taking all of our stuff. Hey, you two, superhero idiots. You know, he actually gets in between them because they don't want to punch him. They're like, uh, why are you getting in between us? That's dangerous. Like, look, look what's happening, you morons. So they go down there and they team up to stop him. And of course, it all goes to hell because the goons have been grabbing all the other tech down there. It's like, hey, let's turn this on and use it. Because they, this is gun shaped. Let's try this. So, you know, Spider Man's like, hey, Clayton, Clash, you know, you got to. What are you doing? He's like, I just want my stuff back. Parker screwed me. And, you know, Human Torch is like, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> screwed everyone. He's terrible. It's like, yeah, he is terrible. Parker's like, hey, 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 I'm right here. Right here. I mean, Spider-Man's here, and he'll tell Pete, you know. But during the fight, the goons end up 
turning on this uh, device, this plot device, let's call it, <laughs> uh, that starts ramping up energy, and it's basically it's a. Uh, once it gets ramped up, it just gets more and more powerful, and it's, it's meant to be used to power cities, right? But it's still experimental; it's not entirely stable. And the way it's ramping up, because it's not hooked to anything to ramp it down, it's going to overload and explode and take out this ho- the whole city block, if not more. Great. But, so, they of course figure out a plan where Clash uh, uses his uh, sonic powers to create a reverse, o- an oscillating, not oscillating, basically should create a frequency inverse to the frequency yeah. the thing is ramping up. Cancel it out, right. Yeah, to cancel it out. At the same time, um, the human torch has to weld weld it in place in just the right spots while Spidey goes in there, opens up the tech and lets it and safely bleeds it off. Right? Okay. So they all team up to do this because Clayton, you know, aka Clash, is not really a bad guy. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. He just wants his stuff back and Parker screwed him. Right. As they said in uh, Wreck-It Ralph, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, Satan. Um... <laughs> So they do that. They superoically get it. And like, oh, the goons are running. So the uh, Spider-Man just webs him up. All right, okay. And Human Torch starts taking care of the flames because he could have just absorbed them. So he starts getting rid of the fire. Like, all right, we got this down. Now where's Clat? Aww. He nullified his sound and walked out. Of course. Because he can do that. So didn't you hear him leave? Like, aww. Damn it. Human Torch's like, yeah, I'm a little calmed down. Okay, I guess you're in a rough spot. You know. Sorry, I kind of blew up at you, you know. But Osborne's looking around like, what What the hell? Are you, this is all destroyed. Everything's ruined. It's like, well, you know, Clayton took his creation and he left, and you know, I'm not going to chase him down for that. I don't even know. I don't know if I could. And I was just like, you know, you don't, you don't mind. Peter Parker certainly held us in mind. I'm the only who cares things happening. You know what? You know what? I'm done. I'm tired of covering for Parker's butt. I'm tired of being the only person who cares about any of this. I'm getting ulcers at night because of all this crap. I'm done. I quit. I, I already have better job offers. I'm out. Tell Parker I quit. Good for him. Yeah. Parker's radioactive. He is. Everyone around him is, he's lethal. Just get away from him. Pretty much. And Parker's like, oh, well, hold on, Harry. And Human Torch's like, well, I'd leave it. That guy's more steamed than I am. Speaking of which, I'm still mad at you, but yeah, it looks like you use a friend about now. And so they go up to the rooftop of the Baxter building, have a little heart-to-heart, and it was talking about how they both lost everything, you know. Storm lost his whole family. They're gone. They're not even dead. He, there's no burial. They're just gone. He doesn't know if they're dead or alive. They're alive. But, you know. They're gone. Got it. Meanwhile, Parker's like saying, you know, I just had these few things and I blew it. I completely blew it. You know, I lost one of my best friends. Harry, no longer trust me. You know, you screwed over yeah, everyone he, on the yeah, planet. Yeah, he screwed everyone on the planet. Hates him. He still is defending. Like I had to to save lives. He didn't. Well, part of it he did, but wipey everyone's data. That was just to screw Doctor Octopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Doctor Octopus could actually show he built everything, so he had to nuke everything. But uh, so Ugh, this is awful. This sounds awful. <laughs> At the very end, it ends with you know him saying, you know, Johnny, you're right. I've blown every chance I've had to do anything right. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have. And he gets a phone call. He picks it up. He's like, eh. 
He's like, hey, Peter Parker here. Who is this and how have I ruined your life? And on the other line, last panel is, it's Joe Robertson, Pete. And this is the, this is your new life calling. How would you like to work at the Bugle? Not as a photographer. This is about science. And it ends there. So kind of like they laid the seeds previously of him being able to right. easily explain science jargon for the people to understand. The yeah. yeah. So it looks like he actually is going to be getting a job doing that. So they're taking it back to work at the Bugle, having nothing, you know, having a hot girlfriend for some reason. I mean, that's something. Yeah, you got that. But you, but I, in my experience, that if you don't have a job and haven't put a ring on already, uh, you're not going to keep that hot girlfriend too long. So, yeah. He has proven that multiple times. <laughs> of course, you know, the first time, Green Goblin dropped her off a bridge. Hey, you know what? Still. That happens in everyone's relationship at some yeah, point. Yeah. Green I mean, Goblin. Usually it's metaphorical. Usually metaphorically. Yeah, this time it was literal. <laughs> <still>. Literally. <first. laughs> um, okay. So for the past few issues, Peter Parker's life has been going straight down the tubes, just straight down the pump, pooper, down the flush, down the drains, down, you know, radioactive All because waste. because he's stupid. Yeah. He thought he was doing the right thing, but if he had spent like 10 more seconds thinking about it, he could have found a better solution. If he had been thinking about all the jobs, all the people he was destroying, all the lives he was destroying, maybe he wouldn't have done that. But for the okay. few issues before that, he'd been acting very irrationally. Everything was just, I think, <sighs> partly I think it's just Dan Slott's been writing Spider-Man too long. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man had start, been starting to act very emotionally. Everything he wanted to do, maybe he was trying to show that Peter Parker, Spider-Man is not cut out for this position. He should not have this much money. This is what he will do with it. And, like, every little whim he had, he would do. And screw consequences. Well, when you have nothing, screw consequences is fine. Because what the worst happens is you get hurt. No one around you is going to. You have nothing. You have you are not supporting them. They are supporting you. But once everyone's relying on you, you cannot do that anymore. You know? It's kind of like the argument of why, in Star Trek, the captain of the ship should not be the one going on away team missions. Which is why in Next Generation, Picard honestly didn't do many away team missions. Nope. Because that was the first officer's job. Everyone relies on the captain. First officer can die. He can go and do that crap. Yeah, when it's safe, you data. send down the captain. There's always data perpetually waiting in the wings. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> data goes in every away mission. Oh, yeah. He's cut his head off. He'll be fine. He'll glue it back <laughs> Which on. Which he was. Yeah, Jordy glued it back on. He was cool. It was good. It was good. So when you're in that, that kind of position with that much power and all those people relying on you, all those hundreds, he had thousands of jobs relying on him. And rather than deal with that, he would gallivant around a Spider-Man, blowing money every which way, alienating his best employees. And so I think he was trying to show that happening. It did, did a decent job showing that, but it may also made Peter Parker very unlikable. Yes. And so I think what they're trying to do is to take him... This is the rock bottom issue. He has nothing. And they showed he has so much nothing that other people who have nothing feel sorry for him. Human Torch <laughs> has nothing at, on this issue. And he, he's like, yeah. Man, man, your life sucks. It's like, gosh, you know, at least Ben Grimm is still my friend. I got, I still have a friend. You don't even have that. You have nothing. <laughs> you don't have... I'm your only friend right now. Right, well, let's... You've got a girlfriend, but I don't think for long. <laughs> yeah, it's like... She, and she... 
in the she's previous got issue, prospects. You got nothing. Well, in the previous issue, like it shows like she he's living at her house and like he opens the fridge and there's notes on everything that say Bobby's because her name's Bobby. Like everything says Bobby's, not Peter's on everything. There's like that, an expired jug of milk with his name on it. Yeah, that that's a passive aggressive hint. Yeah, like stuff like mock like there was even like a Mockingbird. Huh? Yeah, get it. At one point he opens up a newspaper where there's like a big article cut out and he's like, Huh? He's like, Oh, this is, he sees that's gonna be like a Peter Parker's evil article. It's like, Oh man, Bobby must have cut that out to protect my feelings. That's really nice of her. I'm glad I'm with her. I'm glad she's so great. And then when he closes the fridge door, he sees that article Matt on on the fridge door, held it by magnets. He has a letter magnet to say, ha ha. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he's with that, her, that's but not a relationship. That's yeah, not, she that's is not afraid to screw with him. No, she no. knows who has the power in that relationship. Yeah. He's down and she's just kicking. And yeah. Kicking the one who kicking. can, the one who could afford to pay the power bill is the one with the power yeah. in that relationship. He could do nothing. He has no job skills. Nope. Anyone need a failed CEO? Anyone? No, 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 no. Failed CEO shouldn't have a job in the first place. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Had it, was it a magical head of a company he didn't build? Huh? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone want that? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a Tim Robbins movie about uh, 1920s type thing where there was this there was this guy this janitor who was made CEO. Was that or, the Hudsucker Proxy? Yeah, it's the Hudsucker Proxy. That's it. I yeah, never it's, saw it's that. Kind of like that. Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of like that where he yeah. was just he was just. Oh, just stupid ridiculously underqualified. Way. Yeah, ridiculously underqualified, just like Peter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, Dr. Octopus might be evil, but he was a good CEO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he could build a company. All right, so what, what'd you give this one? All right. I found it entertaining, and the art was good. All right? The way this... I loved the pen. He has to, there were some nice, great spreads across multiple pages. And it wasn't just one image to save space. It was like a nice little collage. The way the story was set, it flowed, it flowed very nicely from one idea to the next. But I am really tired of seeing Peter Parker be an idiot. Yeah. And that's really the only reason I'm knocking it down because I'm tired of this story arc. I'm tired of Peter Parker being an idiot. So. What do you got? Three stars. Oh, come on. The art is really good. All right. And it well, actually has a nice right. resolution at the end. It has a believable plot line that flows very nicely. I'm just really tired of seeing Parker being an idiot. And this is finally, I think, the turn where he's going to stop being an idiot. I don't know. I have I have no faith in Parker. At this I mean, point, he, I don't blame he has him. Never, he has never run his life well. Well, ever. Dan Slott isn't writing anymore. <laughs> this says plot. Quotes, plot. Yeah, that, that means he's in charge of the big picture. Big picture of him being an idiot, still. Right. But he might be written like he's not an idiot. Like, oh, then this happens. Okay, let's write it so it happens, but he's not an idiot. Mm, he's going to be an idiot. Maybe. I have hope. So three stars. Know. It's finally getting to a good place, I think. It's the writer's not Parker. Yeah, whatever. So I just... I liked the issue. I enjoyed it. Okay. But I'm really tired of Spider-Man being an idiot. I really am. Time for him to like stop being an idiot. Got it. All right. What's next? That's the last comic book. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the last one. So if you want more Garthon, you can check Garthon's comic pool uh, right here. Uh, also, team up Star Trek Online, Secret Legends with Heathen Dog. Check those out on the YouTubes. 
<laughs> Bellar says blame the, blame the writers, not Parker. Parker yeah. is the writers. <laughs> Parker is the product of the writers. The uh, there was so much goodwill built up by Spider-Man, and Dan Slott has pissed it all away. I he did a great job at the Edge of Spider-Verse. Dan Slott did a good job with that, but after that, no. Everything after Edge of Spider-Verse has... No. Could have been better. Could have been much better. Any, any CEO Parker stuff need to go. You can check Garth on stream Sunday at 9pm Central, 10 Eastern, where I am going to be streaming... Something. Something. I'm probably going to stream War Machine Tactics. Really? Yes. Hmm. It's an interesting game. I haven't seen a lot of streams of it. Um, I ha was, I am a fan of the War Machine universe. I love the miniatures game. I don't like the changes they've recently to the game, so I haven't played it in a while. But, tactics game, steampunk. It'll be fun. Nice. And if it's not fun, we switch games. There you go. Um, also, uh, you can check out my past streams, Final Fantasy XIV, The Banner Saga, which just kept kicking me in the nuts. <laughs> Toward the end. <laughs> Toward the end. Okay, there was a lot of end, nut kicks but, in a row. But you actually won... I did win. That's true. Whereas I got kicked in the nuts and, and didn't win. win. <laughs> that was the funniest. You were so close. But you really weren't. They just made you nope. think you were. It wouldn't, it wouldn't let me. It killed me the exact same way twice in a row. It's like the, the exact like, same way. It was, like, it was like it was like it was rewound and played again. It's like there's a piece of candy. They kept kicking the nuts. You're like, you're getting the candy. You're touching your fingertips. They kick you in the nuts. You open up the candy wrapper and it's an empty wrapper. You're like, no. And then you die. Yep. I mean, it was. Uh, I felt like like Charlie Brown uh, trying to kick the ball, and Lucy just keeps pulling it up. That's pulling right. It up. And so I decided to stop that game. I'm not going to pull Charlie Brown. I'm going to stop. See, that's how you win. I'm going to play hockey. Valor says, "Yeah, he the dog got the darkest kick over and over." over, and over. Yep. <laughs> that's true. The, I wonder if that is actually how you beat that game. It's like it's like a uh, War Games, the Matthew Broderick yes, film. The only way to win is not to play. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Baldar says it too. He knows it. All right, everyone. Time for the RNG. We're talking something random that happened this week. And this week, he the dog wants to let the universe know about Stranger Things season two. That's right. Uh, I binge watched it yesterday, all day. Just for your boom, benefit. Boom, boom, boom. All episodes. And uh, if you're looking for a sequel for Stranger Things, you you found it. I mean, it is uh, the same characters, the same setting. If they jump skip a year in the future, uh, everything's bigger. The stakes are higher. Uh, the writing's just as good. The the uh, the characters uh, get more development. Now, if you remember Stranger Things, Will the the uh, the the alien bowl head bowl haircut kid looking in the center of this picture here, uh, he got hangovered. In the first one, like he was in the first episode. Yeah, he's, he's throwing got, up slugs. Yeah, he got he got kidnapped, and he was not in the rest of the season, pretty much, except he, for the yeah, end. not the last few episodes. Yeah, last few episodes. So he got hangover, right? Well, you think, oh, he's gonna be fine. You know, they're not gonna hangover him twice. Well, guess what? In Hangover Two, they hangover the hangover guy again. Are you serious? He wasn't in the, wasn't in the thing. He was in the first episode, and he was in the last episode. That's exactly what they did. This to Will poor again. kid. They hangovered him again. They, what they did was uh, they, they had him possessed by the true evil behind the Upside Down, which is you can see in the background of this picture, but you can also see in my next slide. This is this is what the kids called the Mind Flayer. 
because it you know takes over whole universes and stuff like that well uh, it got into will and now it's you know, he's just a will puppet oh, he's not geez. really will anymore he's a will puppet so that so yeah he was hangovered again throughout the entire thing <laughs> he wasn't there when he was there he was a wuss and when and when he wasn't there he was working for the big bat okay that was cool <laughs> it's actually kind of funny <laughs> It is now. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil this one. This, this, this one's great. Now, everyone, yeah, everyone's like, "Wow, I want to get in on this, on this Stranger Thing, man." Now, the Stranger Things too. It's the second season. I can get in as a new character. Well, who, who gets in? Samwise Gamgee. Yay, Samwise! Yay, like, Samwise! Oh, Sean. Sean's thinking, Sean, you can get in on this, and you, you're gonna be good. I mean, it is not a fantasy show. You're, you can, you can shine in this one. And then he gets the plot. He's like beta male, uh, has has skills that are useful at exactly one point in the whole series. Uh, boyfriend to Winona Ryder's character, bonus. Hey. Uh, nobody's going to like you in that role because everyone thinks the sheriff should be your boyfriend. Uh-oh. Am I going to survive this? <laughs> I'm guessing he does. Oh, oh. oh, sorry, Samwise. Didn't make it over that mountain to Mordor, maybe. He didn't make it, bro. <laughs> So yeah, I would uh, I'd go ahead and spoil that one for you. Samwise didn't make it. <laughs> but uh, they, it it really it really did well because uh, what they did was uh, it's like Gollum got him. The 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 Demogorgon was the big bad. You know, it was it was the thing that had to be beat. And then yeah. you find out that no no no, it was a foot soldier for the big bad. It was just Makes it was sense. just a, a lieutenant. It was a grunt. Yeah, a lieutenant. Yeah. All right, lieutenant's good. Uh, yeah, the, the real big bad was this uh, was this thing that the kids called the Mind Flayer, that big smoke creature with the giant uh, 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 alien head. What do they call him? Um, xenomorph head type looking thing from a from a, from a. Uh, oh, I see. Away. That's like a head there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I head, get you. head in the middle and tentacles all around. Well, it actually controls the upside down. Uh, and uh, it sends pieces of itself, which is the Demogorgon and all the things leaking out of the gate, ah. to to our world to take it over. And Fair so enough. their whole thing you have to close the gate. But if you close the gate, it kills everything that uh, that is controlled by the by the Mind Flare, including da -da -da, Will Hangover Will. Oh, that's right. So they can't close the gate because it'll kill Hangover Will. So how do they do it? How do they fix it? How, how do they how do they free Will from his perpetual hangover? Oh. I don't know. I'm gonna make you tune in to find out. Ah. I only wanted to, I only wanted to, I only wanted to spoil uh, Samwise for you. <laughs> That's all you wanted. That's all I wanted to do. But it is a is a good series. It's a it's a it's a good uh, season two for Stranger Things. And uh, you know, how does Corey Feldman do? not show up as a vampire hunter? <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> that just writes itself. I think that's probably too much fan service. That's probably true. Probably kind of ruins just too much fan service. You really want it, but if you got it, it's kind of like when you really want, like, oh, man, that slice of cheesecake would be freaking awesome. That's a huge slice of cheesecake. Oh, man. Then you're eating like, oh, God. Like you're like, ah, oh, dang, why did I do this? Oh, oh. why did I do this to oh, my it's body? It's so rich. I could it's feel, so rich. I feel myself getting fatter. <laughs> oh, why am I still eating it? That's what it'd be like. The idea sounds brilliant. But I like yep. Corey Feldman, but I don't think it'd be a good idea. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, it had had great pacing. Uh, you were never bored. I never wanted to fast forward. I watched the entire, I watched every minute. Nice. It was good. It was Does... good. And it had a fast paced uh, uh, finale that was really exciting. 
So yeah, I mean, uh, the 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 uh, all Sam of the good guys split the movie off poster. into three teams at the end, and so you got three different finales at the same time. Oh, cool! They were, they were constantly jumping be- between one one team finale to another team finale to a third team finale. It was pretty cool. That is really good. I like that. Yeah, I'm glad so to hear they're actually effective. able to make a good second season because I was worried. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I wish they didn't, they didn't have to hang over Will. But they did. It's kind of funny that they did, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of excited to see more of him this season. But nah, I guess not. No, no, no. It's kind of funny. Really. It's like a thing now. Every season's going to be Will disappear. It's like, this just <laughs> happened. Oh, I got to go on vacation with my with my, my mom's getting married. We're going to Las Vegas. Oh, we'll miss you. What's happening over here? <laughs> and now the world's in danger. Yeah. <laughs> now that Will's gone, we can tackle this. Uh, <laughs> or you find out because he left. He was like the, he was like the uh, dimensional anchor or like the plug keeping it sealed once he leaves the area they, it could open again as it happens <laughs> Darn it. they have to wait for him to come back why did we know that <laughs> who, who didn't write that down <laughs> uh, all right well thank yeah, you i had a good time i highly recommend it if you have netflix go ahead and check it out how many stars oh geez stars uh, throw up uh throw up four stars boom bam there you go bam. Four stars. <laughs> i didn't give it five because they hang over will like i said and uh a couple of the of the uh, of the plot of the sub the subplots were a little overdone, you know, just like oh yeah, he's he's bad with girls. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, ev- ev- everyone who has a redheaded stepbrother, that guy's a douche. You know, come on, man. It's kind of a trope at this point. It is a trope. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is, it is. But th- this is this is a series set in the past, so maybe it wasn't a trope then. There you go. <laughs> I know it's a trope now, but in this timeline, it isn't yet. So we're cool. Thirty years ago, it wasn't but, a trope. But you're it was making it. New. But you're making no it now. No, no. Stepbrothers were douches. But it's a, it make it now, but it's about then though, so it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of like when Tarantino makes a movie that's in the '70s and they can say the N-word all the time. Yeah. It's, it's not okay now. But it was okay, okay then, and we're doing actually, it then. Actually, but it wasn't really it okay then either. No, no, no. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there you go. All right, thank you very much for that review, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. All right, that was the end of the RNG. If you have any other thoughts that could go here, let us know. I don't have any currently. I don't have any either. No, I got nothing. Try to I've think. been sick. Ugh. Yeah, being sick sucks. Uh, I have been looking at ways to stream... Console games. Console games. Um, saw a good, well, found one that's pretty good for classic games. Like the, the best way requires like $1,000 of gear. Okay. I'm not doing that. No. No. Not but that was maxly I was paying for. It. I I wouldn't take a thousand dollars money to do that. I I definitely would. I would take anybody's money. It's free money, man. You take their money. I want to give you money. What do you say? No, I smack you in the face. I would feel like if that happened, I'd feel like it was now my job. Like five days a week, I'd have to come home. I'd say, oh, it's, I'd eat dinner. Say, okay, honey, go to my second job, and I'd have to you do have that. To, That's you have how to I learn feel. to turn off your emotions then, because <laughs> because that that is an emotion fueled. Uh, thought process right but uh well the main part like if you do that for the upscaling of classic games is you the optimal way to do it is with something called the rgb frame meister sure um it could take a low grade nes signal get an R- whatever huh 480 whatever uh that's like 320 oh really it might be 480i depending on the game yeah. but you have to put an rgb mod in the console Use RGB cables to go to the FrameMeister. FrameMeister will take the RGB signal, upscale up to 1080p. Um, beautiful, lag-free, 1080p. And then you could go run that signal then through a capture card, which mm-hmm. is going to run you like 150 bucks. Sure. 
and uh, then that would be the best possible way to do it. And what's what way are you thinking of? Uh, there is, uh, gosh, what's the name of that? There is something called the Capture. It's like it's like the Capture Pro HD, not the Capture mm-hmm. HD 60, which is the new version, but the Capture H- HD, which you can actually directly plug uh, YPBPR or even composite, but never use composite. Just don't ever use composite. Um, or it'll also take HDMI. It does some upscaling on its own, so it's not going to be as nice an image, but it works. Mm-hmm. It's fully identifiable. It looks good. And then that'll actually you act as the capture card to record and stream. Sure. Yeah. And that solution is like around 100 bucks. It's not the optimal. It's not the, like, looks the best professional quality, but it is definitely... Serviceable. Yeah, and that doesn't do t- 1080p. I think it'll do 1080i. Or maybe 720p. Oh, yeah, Might yeah. be 720p. So 720 is fine. 720 is fine. Yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah. It's not the best. It's no. acceptable. And going from the best for $1,000 or acceptable for 150 that's a wide range in dollars. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big win. Right that's there. big, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking about doing. Cool. And if I get that set up, then sometime during the week, I'll set up a time to... Stream some classic console games. Sweet. I'm actually currently playing through all of my classic console games in alphabetical order. I'm currently yeah. at the end of Breath of Fire 4. Wow, you're not very far in. Um, would you like to know how many classic console games I have? How many do you have? Right, let me look it up. You have it written down, okay. No, I don't have it written down. I actually have a, uh, a program. On your phone? Yep. Hmm. Uh that tracks all of my games. You probably can't see that on the phone thing. But uh, currently in my collection are 477 games. Wow. That's impressive. Oh, that's everything from from NES up through my PS4. So okay. it's not all that I have impressive. All I PS2, and I think I have uh, five games. Yeah, I got a lot more than that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... so yeah, not Oh, Baldahar. Uh, I just want to let you know that uh, I just bought, I just, uh, I have it set up. I have to get my credit card. But uh, Outlast is on sale for like three bucks right now. Hey. So Halloween sale. It. All right, everyone. Well, I guess that'll wrap us up for the RNG segments. As always, if you like this, subscribe, comment, let us know. If you don't like it, you know, give us a five star rating and let us know why you don't like it. By putting that five star <laughs> rating, we'll be sure to look at it. Because that's important. Um, but go ahead, you can check out. Uh, you can support us on Twitch. You can check us out on Twitch uh, through YouTube. Look for Legion of Myth on Reddit.com/r/slash/LegionOfMyth. Our Facebook page. Go to Facebook. Look for Legion of Myth. Talk to us on Twitter. Twitter at Legion of Myth. Go to Discord. Discord.gg/slash/xvg. Yeah, look at that. That's a long code. You figured it yeah, out. That's a long code. You can figure that one out. <laughs> or go to steamcuny.com slash group slash Legion of Myth to join our Steam community and be cool like so many others. Be a unique individual like all the other people who have joined Legion of Myth. And you can find the audio version of this on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. You can support Legion of Myth uh, through a Twitch streaming subscription at twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. A Patreon subscription at www.patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. A Streamlabs donation at twitch.streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth. 
PayPal directly, paypal.me slash nationofmyth, or get our gear and be cool. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash legion of myth. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. The high quality stuff. You get what you pay for, kids. So, uh, also check out our other streamers, Max Leo and Nora Ryukus, proud members of the Legion of Myth. Uh, Max is streaming Tuesdays and Fridays, but they're subject to change due to work schedules. Hey, that's life. Uh, at 1900 Central European Time. Uh, currently doing Kings of Amalur Reckoning. Think he's near the end of that. And upcoming is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Noro is streaming Wednesdays at 1900 Central European. It's about noon Eastern. Uh, currently doing World of Tanks. But, uh, she might be going uh, elsewhere. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, it, lo- it looks like she's uh, she's parting ways. With so the, you with better the enjoy community. her while you can. Right. You people don't deserve her. I, I believe that. Yes. All right. As always, you have any final words of wisdom there, Heathen Dog? When you're sick, drink a lot of fluids. Unless yeah. you're, unless you have a stomach thing, then no, don't drink anything. I like soup. You like soup? I do, but I like cream of chicken, which doesn't work well when you're when you're sick. Cream of chicken, really? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> not chicken noodle, but cream of ch- cream. Yep. Is that thick? Yep. That's the point, I guess. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank our top subscribers: Hicks206 with Daisy, Red Specs Gaming. Check out his Twitch streams at Red Specs Gaming. Through Patreon, Hicks206, Sheriff Elgarian with Arpiota. Check out Streamlabs, Baldahar, Erwin Rommel, The Cool's Harem, The Magical Cat Girl Fanboy, Spectral Fire, The Level 99 Cat Girl Armor Lover, and The Heathen Dog. For PayPal, Alan51, thank you all so much. It's your generous donations that helps keep this going. As always, everyone, remember, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great diurnal anomaly.